0: The Paul Leslie Hour Helping people tell their stories And now, your host, Paul Leslie Hey, it's me You're listening to a special presentation on the Paul Leslie Hour This is the Peter Mayer Passages Special The new album by Peter Mayer, released on the Little Flock music label is entitled Passages a collection of spiritual songs inspired by passages from the Bible in addition to an interview, taking a closer look at the album, we're going to be playing some excerpts from some of the songs. The album starts with Shadow of Your Love.
1: The living word came bursting out Of the sentences we said out A silent song, a joyful shout of freedom
0: Peter Mayer is a singer, songwriter, guitarist, performing, and recording artist. The latest release on his Little Flock music label is entitled simply Passages. And this is a body of songs that are uplifting, you could say spiritual in nature. Peter, thank you for speaking with me.
2: It's a pleasure, Paul. Uh, I didn't realize that, is this our fourth meeting over Uh, the years?
0: I believe so. I think if we included the Roger Guth exchange, it would be four and a half.
2: <laughs> well, glad to do it. I, I hope I get some kind of award for that. That's uh, it's a. I, I enjoy your writing, and I, I appreciate you talking to us about this album.
0: My pleasure. What do you think about this album, Passages? Well,
2: a lot of the songs came about. By, it was, They were definitely through thought, but trying in, in a way to get thinking out of the way and to get, say, to a more deep or essential part of the complicated mess that <laughs> constitutes being a human being. And on top of that, being a human being occupied by something greater than what we know, uh, that's just kind of what my faith tradition has at least passed on to me so I think that's problematic for many of us in that it it means that whatever faith or maybe lack of faith that we were brought up in, there's going to be wrestling in our lives through difficulties, through through even the best of times. But wrestling with something that not only to me is a mystery, but an unplumbable mystery. In other words, I don't believe it's there or, or about figuring out. I think it's more some mystery that we're meant to continue to grow into and maybe to return back to in a way of the manner of speaking. So that's a, that's a start. I, I will say this, Paul, it's in jest that I told my good friends, Mike included, I wouldn't subject any of my good friends to listen to three, more than three religious songs at one time in a row. And in that way, for me, it was hard sometimes to listen to my own music because the thoughts and the feelings and the the sources of some of these songs came from places I couldn't quite explain and, and felt like I should not be talking to, uh, about them, if you know what I mean. I, I should just be singing them rather than trying to put them into words or explain. So, and here we are doing an interview, so figure that one out.
0: <laughs> Something that was mentioned in the liner notes that came to my mind when you were saying this, you were saying that this is about, in some ways, not thinking. And it does seem sometimes that some of our most profound thoughts come from those moments when we're not really thinking. And you mention in the liner notes these daily walks that you make in nature. Have there been any revelations that came to you as you were walking through the woods outside of Nashville?
2: Yeah, I think the you could say there have been. And the first might be, simply to recognize where I was rather than to imagine a better place that I could eventually be in. (laughs) I think that to be present has become more important to me. There's a, you know, a philosopher, writer, Simone Weil, you know, a French theologian who can be really, you know, deep thinker and kind of my mind gets twisted up sometimes when I read her writing, but her her big deal was to be fully present is to be praying, and I have taken that on more for my life. Growing up in maybe a slightly more conservative pastor's family, you know, over these sixty years I've lived, it has made me open up and be jolted awake from some some of the thought processes that went back then. Like this is what it means to be religious. In other words. When I really like that inclusiveness of to be praying, in other words, to be present to uh, to something greater and larger and unexplainable beyond yourself, but that has given you life is to really be present to the life that you're here, you know, to, that that's before you. So in other words, with trees, with the dogs that I'm usually walking with, um, gosh, even the cruelty of nature, and then the cruelty of of our treatment of nature, all of those realities kind of are there. So it can be very uplifting when I realize that, that I'm tied into every single cell in those trees by some kind of lineage. And it can be very daunting in that I grieve over nature and, and the struggles it goes through now at our in, in our hands.
0: On the note of inclusiveness you said that your goal with this project is to be as inclusive as possible who did you envision the audience for these songs to be
2: <laughs> that's a, that's a very good question there's no question that this music is for everyone in the sense that i've i'm somehow related to everyone and regardless of faith tradition regardless of uh, actually even The genus of our beginnings. I mean, I really believe that to my core, that I I kind of belong to the world and beyond. But there's no question that I came from a Christian tradition. And that has been my strength and that continues to this day. It has changed in the sense that it has expanded to being more, as you said, inclusive of those who have seen from a different ledge of the valley. And who or who have grown up in their tradition, and that that has been passed down in wisdom tradition through the years. And I have found in my experience that 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 inclusion or that inclusiveness allows us to actually grow stronger within our own traditions. I found at least some result of that. It has called me to question my traditions, yes, at times, but it has actually made me a stronger Christian i believe in or or at least to see the beauties in my tradition in the fact that i see paul the connections to so many other wisdom and faith traditions in the stories that we celebrate in the parables in the in the teachings you know of, of the masters if, if you will so this music will speak probably most directly because of some of the language to people that have some knowledge or maybe some relation to the Christian faith, but I really meant it as a call to <laughs> to anyone who has had breath go through their soul, you know, in, in the fact that I know that I'm one of you. You know, I know I belong to them in some way, even though I may not, one, like them, two, know them, three, understand them, that somehow we're linked. And I think music is that special miracle that, that gives us a, a bond together.
0: We're speaking with Peter Mayer, the title of this recent album of his passages. Did you consult directly with passages from the Bible when you were writing this? I mean, was that always the intent? Was that deliberate? Yes. uh, I'll I'll start out by saying yes, and then
2: there's a maybe in that yes as well. I have to mention a, a dear friend, Pastor Ron Glusenkamp as I respond to that, because he was uh, my pastor back in St. Louis, and my my wife and children's pastor for a number of years, and I got to be very good friends with him. He was one of the first people that asked me to write songs for religious celebrations. I was really resistant to it at first, because I was a rock and roller, you know, I do this and that, or I was a jazzer. and But after A point in time, I had enough songs to to where we started putting out albums, and he actually responded by writing his own reflections on some of the songs I had written, and came to me one day and said, hey, I think your next album should be called Passages for Passages. In other words, Bible passages or scriptures that somehow have deepened, shown the way for, or uh, illuminated ways that we should go in our life, because all of us are pilgrims, and in a way, whether we know it or not. And so, so I, ha- I have that thank you to send to Ron. I decided to being this year, I really wanted to finish this album that I would just go ahead and use my own connections to the scripture passages passages and the, the beginnings of these songs. Now the maybe part of that response, Paul, is that some of the songs like say Jonah were born of just essential flawed and, uh, primal things within within my life that I've ex- experienced, like the, the, the notion for a lot of us to run from whatever it is that's calling us or whatever it is we think is our gift. Sometimes the safest thing is to run from that. And so out of that, I knew the story well of Jonah, but Jonah becomes obviously in the song, if you know it, something more than just a biblical reference and a spouting out of that story. It becomes a modern day tale of a woman or a man or all the cars and trucks on the highway filled with people who are running on a Monday morning from something. And so, in other words, in that sense, it was a maybe because it it went in reverse. So I knew the story of Jonah, but the song pointed the way back to the scripture rather than the scripture pointing the way for the song.
0: From Peter Mayer's passages, this is Jonah.
1: got the call on Sunday morning We said wrong number I'm not your guy But the boy said you're the one I want Cause you've been broken Shattered open Enough to shine a light Your life, oh, into your life On the belly of the you know your right.
0: Were there any revelations that anything that was revealed to you as a result of undertaking this project?
2: Well, the first was that there's a time to uh, a time for everything, as Ecclesiastes says. <laughs> a time to speak and a time to refrain from speaking. And as uh, my wife and kids would tell me from time to time, "Hey, it's time to shut up now and <laughs> stop spouting the ideas." And and I think Paul, that's what I meant by the some things are meant to be sung rather than spoken. That's why we're drawn toward music. So that was one of my revelations that something akin to meditation has been part of my life for the last five or so years. And in that time, each day I take 15, 20 minutes, sometimes a half an hour if I've got a looser day, to sit and try to just become a space as a, as a guitar body would become a space for a string to resonant, resonate. Without that that wood and space, you'd really hear nothing but it's just an empty buzzing. And when you provide a soundboard or a sound hole for the idea, it can grow and become some sort of musical note. And so I kind of use that analogy to say for 20 minutes, I'm going to try to become an empty space for sound to happen. Because usually what happens, I'll be totally honest with you, I'm filled with ideas about what I'm ready to buy or the next song I'm ready to write or the bunch of to-do lists that I've been ignoring for the last three days that I've got to do. This space somehow provides me a chance to hear scripture, if you will, beyond claiming it from any book, from any particular place, but to hear a voice of God, I guess, if you will, more than anything, just in the silence, just to quiet, you know, as Psalm 46 says, you know, be still and know that I am God, kind of, kind of finally to, to stop and uh, therefore to make make a sound space for whatever voice can find me.
0: Something that comes up again and again in your songs is water. What is the significance Mm -hmm. of water to you? Well, that's a good one. Um, Did you
2: have to ask such difficult questions? (laughs) (laughs) The water in the river theme has just always been a, a very poetic one for me, and Actually, I was always frightened to death of water since I was a kid. My father was one of the, one of the ilk in the generation of dads who grabbed their kid and threw him into the waves to teach him to swim, if you know what I mean. (laughs) So I was scared poopless, you know, from, of water at first and, um, was never a great swimmer or anything like that. But then again, you know, taught since I was old enough to think about the baptism that I had gone through. And the fact that water, in my case, either troubled water or cleansing water, you know, is part of, of how we're blessed into being. So that that relates to ocean, river, and actually it relates to the rivers that are flowing vertically up every tree I walk past and up every human being that passes me on the sidewalk. I guess, of course, to the horizontal rivers as well They seek the low places and, and then the low places. In a water sort of way, remind me of those that are the least of these, who somehow get shuffled down, whether it's in poverty or forgotten by the, the, you know, no, no disrespect intended, but by the beautiful, the famous, and the rich. So water, water, just is this beautiful metaphor for all those things. To me, it finds the low places. It nourishes both vertically, horizontally, and it uh, is also kind of that metaphor for. You know, so many wisdom traditions talk about the ocean, God as the ocean, and we are the wave, or we are the drop of water within that ocean of being. So that's, uh, I think that's probably more than I should have said, but that's uh, that's where it comes from.
0: Another constant theme in this album passages is mercy. And I want to share something that someone asked me one time. They said, What's the most profound thing anyone has ever told you in all the years of you doing these interviews? And it only took me about five seconds or so. And a Nashville songwriter named John Goodwin, I asked him at the end of the interview, what would you say to anyone? And he replied immediately, and he said, mercy is the most important thing in this world. Yeah, it's beautiful. And I'm hoping you can talk about that as a theme on this album. What does that mean to you, mercy? Mm-hmm. Well,
2: it's a beautiful thing you said. It encompasses our, you know, it, our beginnings and the fact that the fact that we are born and given life is a mercy. You know, I see it as that. I see it as a compassionate, a miraculous mercy that that the elements came together to, to form your life. It's also a call of duty to every human being. I'm not talking about just Christian, any faith, any person, any person that's ever cared for a father, mother, as they age, or a son or daughter as they are born is not worth a hill of beans without that sense of mercy toward that, which utterly depends on you for their being. I said in one of my song notes the other day, I think it was from Rivers of Mercy, It would only be maybe the most dense or or, uh, obstinate or cruel person to to call to account my 94-year-old mother who can barely remember three words 10 seconds after you tell her and say, you have failed. You cannot do this anymore. (laughs) It would be the most hardened person that would look at a baby and say, run a marathon. Um, we're, We're born for mercy. We're born for that uh, reaching out to each other. And uh, I, I know that uh, because I've received it more times than I can count and many more times than I've given it out. And I know it because that's really how mercy, uh, how, excuse me, I confused the word, but music found me through mercy and mercy found me through music. Is That's how I, I think I first heard the voice of God is speaking, you know, uh, in a manner of speaking. It's been that. It's been that healing force for me all along. So that's what I would say.
0: I'm glad you mentioned your mother. In the liner notes, one of the things that you said that struck me was you thanked them for living their faith. A lot of people would say practicing their faith, but what does that mean to you, living their faith?
2: My mother had an amazing quality. She was not the cleanest of housekeepers. She was not always in a happy mood. She, uh, although she was always bright, but she had an amazing ability to accept someone where they were and for who they were, uh, whatever their faith, whatever they had done, actually. We just finished talking about mercy. She was an incredibly merciful person, even with all the mistakes she made in her life. She, uh, she lived that in front of me, and I saw her, even to my infuriation at times. It's like, "Mom, get real. this person is no good to have around. You should not let them near you, you should not support them that, in other words, my words to her but she she was just adamant, she was just militantly merciful, if you can say it i don 't know where that comes from. I think I, I know in part that uh she learned that out of just total into being a totally fearful child she was really scared to death and as as a kid and she had a very very stern sober mother uh, about faith and i think her father was more the fun loving person so she i think she learned that mercy and uh, that sense of living a faith through them and on the other hand my father you know I, I call him the cussing preacher i learned to cuss from him he we would work under the car together Hear the words fly out that word didn't sound so liturgical from <laughs> from the church service, <laughs> but at his core, as, as much as he could be a son of a bitch, he was just real about his belief that the world could be healed through through the light of God, you know, through the love that God had for God's creation. So th- that meant to him, you know, going to India, spreading the news of Jesus. That was to him. His work, and he had the most troubles sharing that with his family. But I saw, even after he died, way too early in age of colon cancer, I saw how he had touched other people through his faith. And so while I did not always like him a whole lot, I respected him to death because he was living his faith. His life was his hymn and uh, his song, so...
0: This might be a very difficult question, but could you pick a song? Wow, these have been hard already. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Now now we're diving into the hard stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Would it be possible for you to pick a song from the album that you think best represents the album?
1: Hmm. Well,
2: let's see.
0: You think through...
2: Yeah, you know, what comes up first is Rivers of Mercy, but I'm I'm thinking thinking through I'm going to go ahead and say Rivers of Mercy and I'll I'll tell you why because it talks about of course of course being merciful, but it really talks about something that happened way before that. In other words, it talks about something way before our own actions, our own response, or our own duty, you know, our goodness or not goodness. It talks about something that's beyond and before religions began, and that's basically, you know, a, a a God presence that we try our damnedest to explain, but can't. We just try to try to be in the presence of. And the history of that coming about is, I remember I very explicitly, I was in a hotel room in Atlanta and was going through a really really difficult time in my life. And had the support of dear friends and my family, but very trying time. What happens when the toughest of times comes is your legs are swept out from under you, and I could do nothing but to close my eyes and just to say, I I need this presence, you know, I need a presence of more than I can be because uh, I'm pretty much nothing right now. And uh, that idea, that song, I guess, uh, that calling out, that the fact that my duty right then was just to open myself, open the door, open your heart. It may not be, it may make you crazy. It may not be smart, but it makes you a work in the need, It makes you a thread in the needlework. Arc. I'm trying to remember the lyrics, but I think at that point, it's, I was just hearing a voice say, open, open up to this. This is be occupied by something that's more than what you can do, what, what you can enact, but uh, just filled with this. And I, I hope that. When I said before that I don't think I would subject any friend or stranger to listen to three, more than three religious songs at a time is because sometimes they can just be so darn preachy and bid you toward a point of view. Uh, And I really wanted to try to stay away from that. And I may or may not have succeeded. I just wanted to pass on a song that, that had been passed on to me by some You know, my, my former generations, my parents and that I wanted to pass on something that had been healing to me. And that was rivers of mercy that that flow, whether you belong to a club or not and whether you're quote unquote eligible or not. And you know, why is that important? You you could finish this up by saying, why is that important? Well, because I know how lost I feel in the middle of it. Just a really contentious political time, a time when so much of us have more than we know what to do with. We can't even spend it all. And some are in abject poverty wondering where they're going to get a meal. So in other words, maybe some of the same problems the world has dealt with all these millennia. But I, I just can't think of a no better time for to remember from whom we come and uh, where we go and why we go at all. Uh, and that's to to share this place and to somehow share a little kindness, you know, that's, I guess that's what I would hope to pass on.
1: smart, but it makes you a threat in the needlework of keeping an afraid world from falling apart. Open your eyes, open your hands, you've been clutching so tight to what you understand.
0: Rivers of Mercy, from the Peter Mayer album, Passages. You're listening to the Peter Mayer Passages Special. One of the songs I wanted to ask about in specific would be Will for a Wing. Can you tell us a little bit about that song?
2: Yeah, it was written uh, really as a memorial service for a young friend of ours, Ben Larson, that had passed away in Haiti. It was a tragic loss in that My wife and I had met him as he was this bright, handsome, shining young, just great musician. He and his wife were newlyweds and I worked with him at a, at a camp at some point, sharing music together. They went down to Haiti to help out at a children's orphanage and the Haitian earthquake of 2010 happened. He grabbed, did, did the right thing and grabbed a column. That was in the middle of the room as the earth started to shake. And uh, his wife, Renee, and uh, his cousin Jonathan started moving toward him to join him. And as they did, the ceiling collapsed on him. So here he is buried in the rubble. They somehow make it out through a, a crack in the in the rubble. And amidst all the screams and the, the terror of the shaking earth, they hear Ben singing below them. And he's singing uh, part of the Lutheran. Uh, liturgy called the Lamb of God, you know, uh, give us your peace, we pray, in the line and was singing. And uh, I got the news, I was in QS, Florida, doing a show there. I think it was with Jimmy Buffett, but I was just floored. We were all floored with the law. And said, like, oh, how could this happen? Um, the old questions came back, why does God allow this to happen? Or why do horrible things like this happen to some of the best people we know? Everybody was broken up, and Ben's wife Renee had given me a book of poetry called Love Songs from God. It's uh, kind of an interfaith, uh, like poets from Persia, Saint Teresa of Avila. I think she was actually the one who who uh, had the poem. But part of the poem went, "Every bird knows God's will for a wing." And I thought, while I was trying to answer all these questions, I knew that that around we have, we still have this creation we have. God's presence, even though it's so hard to understand or, or think about, but still it's there as we look around at, at the miracle of life. And that is, that is really, well, we could not explain Ben's death. That's where that song came from, that still around us life was, was reassuring us.
0: Well, how powerful. song was Will for a Wing from Peter Mayer's album Passages. Now back to our interview with Peter Mayer. You included on this album a couple of traditional hymns and one in particular is just such a beautiful melody and I'm hoping you can tell us about your inclusion of Beautiful Savior.
2: Yeah, isn't that a gorgeous song? It takes me back I can still even see the font of the old Lutheran hymn we used in in India when I first started going to church with my family every Sunday. My father preached in a church there in Ambur, which was the Tamil Nadu, the state of Tamil Nadu in India. Those songs, I could read and I I put them in without lyrics, you notice. They're instrumental. The lyrics are both beautiful to me and disturbing in a way because they... Maybe disturbing is too hard, uh, too strong a word, but they are beautiful testaments of faith, and they remind me of, in in a way, the faith of my early years and how it was built. If you know what I mean, and I look back on that now, and I, I've finally been able to still celebrate that, alongside what maybe I've learned, some of what I've learned about faith over the years. I think sometimes it's easy to disparage the early ways we think, and we think, Oh God, what idiots or why, you know, we were such innocent children doing this or that. When uh, one of my favorite theological writers, Richard Rohr, says that we should value every, every step of that faith journey as essential as taking us at, at down, taking us down that path. And those songs remind me about what music can do beyond anything we can think they bring us to a place that opens up to opens us up to the presence of God. And just that beautiful, that, that beautiful joy you know, that comes, comes through uh, amidst the life's hardships, both that and abide with me were, were the songs that I chose for those. And yeah, I think that's what, what I would say. It just, uh, it was kind of going back to the very beginning for me, Paul, uh, remembering singing that hymn, and even through all I've, groan, and sometimes I I physically groan at some of the language used in some of the hymns. It it seems stilted. It seems out of date. I can still celebrate them as just amazing testimonies of some other time. Some hymn writer, maybe from the late 1800s, early 1900s, that was experiencing the same closeness to God that I have sought or that a lot of other people are still seeking.
0: And now we're going to play for you an excerpt of that beautiful melody, Beautiful Savior appearing on Peter Mayer's album Passages. Best-case scenario, what do you hope someone gets from listening to this album, Passages? Hmm.
2: Well, I, I guess I would be lying if I didn't say that I hope someone can, can feel a little bit of the joy that I felt in creating it. Uh, in thinking about some of these things, it's been healing for me to do that. And I would really wish that that same healing is passed on above and beyond having to buy the album or having to you know what I mean having to be a fan of this or that. One of the blessings of turning sixty last year is that as my good friend Scott Kirby says from time to time, you don't give a crap about what you say or what other people say about you <laughs> or you you don't you don't care so much anymore about uh in some ways looking cool or timely or PC. And what I would hope is that it gives whoever, if, if it does give some permission to explore aspects of what, what their God person is, if you know what I mean, whatever the fingerprint was formed on them and everyone has it, whether you are a believer or not, everyone has it in my opinion, but it, I'm only hoping that it, it encourages them to ask questions and to marvel at the fact that we have no great answers for a lot of them, and to continue having it motivate a better life. You know whether that means to tr- to treat other people better, to treat the earth better, to heal things that uh, that need healing.
0: As always, I like to give the guests the stage. You called this an ocean of a question one time, I remember, but. What would you say to anyone who is joining us?
2: You mean today in this, like reading this interview? Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would say, what do you want to hear? Because I've been playing in front of audiences all my life. And at first I was really, really super concerned about what they thought of me or how good I was. But I really love playing songs for people. Because I think music ties us
0: together. So I would say,
2: what do you want to hear? I'm ready to play it. And if not, I'll learn it and we'll sing it together.
0: Nobody has ever said that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I had to think of something that would rival. I think everybody needs to be more merciful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How can you ever beat that? Mm. Thanks for, uh, thanks for, uh, taking your time with the questions. And, uh, Asking the absolute hardest ones you could.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is a this is a pretty heavy interview, I think. <laughs> but I hope I hope someone out there is is moved or touched by it or I don't know, learned something from it. I think so. I think someone will.
2: Well, can I tell you something real quick? Sure. I've been writing these song notes and because our promotions person asked me to write something about each and every song. <laughs> So being long-winded, I couldn't just write a few sentences because the songs came from so many different places. So I, I started writing what turned out to be little homilies or almost of like this. This is kind of the world this song came from. Few people have responded and said, thank you so much. Or wow, from my heart, I heard this. And there, there's thousands who have stayed absolutely silent. And I don't take that this time as, um, I guess I just don't take that as being worried about that. There, that a bunch of people aren't jumping down, up and down saying, Hey, I, I figured out, you know, how to, how to drink whiskey through my nostrils or whatever that we see on YouTube or. (laughs) But I guess that makes me really happy to just be saying a few things that are foundational, sharing a few things that I think are foundational to just about everyone, but that we so rarely talk about. And the fact that you took this on and i'm going to be honest with you it's uncomfortable to talk about it's still because a lot of people are on edge about this or they've been raised in traditions that are difficult or they've got a different difficult relationship with the faith tradition that they were born into but i think it took a lot of guts for you too to 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 do it and to just get it out there and to me it's already uh, had the desired result even if that response is silence you know hmm. um because What we need in this world is a little bit more silence, and we've got enough noise coming through our smartphones.
0: Hmm. Very true. I want to encourage all the listeners to visit petermayer.com for more information, and to pick up the album Passages, you can go on littleflockmusic.com. Peter, thank you very much. You are so welcome, Paul. Thank you. boo bop bari boo bop boo-bop-bashai,
1: a-ki-na-pa-ti-da-laka-si-ka-pa-boo, take a con con diggy pa le gi a i long take on some camp to de li chi goodbye